Be still is a place for dreamers. It's a place for all you wishers, hopers, prayers. If you're a pretender, come sit by my fire. Find a little peace and quiet in the age of technology when everything around us seems always buzzing and alight with hostility. Everyone needs a rest, so here's yours. Hey friends, how's it going? Today is another day and it's a beautiful one. Let's get right into it and talk about the positive things that are happening this week, shall we? So first things first, I was able to kick back and do every ounce of laundry that I let pile and pile up. And I'd say that's a good feat to have accomplished because just to give you an idea of how much laundry actually got done, I have enough underwear in my drawers to get me at least two months of wear, so yeah, definitely had a lot to do. I definitely let myself get to the very last pair before doing any laundry, and it was a struggle getting to the laundry room in my apartment building. Yeah, um, but it's all done, it's all folded, everything was accomplished, and I feel very proud of myself, so pat on the back for me, I'm very proud, yay team. Number two for myself, I would have to say is I've been sleeping really well for the past month. Every single day for the past two weeks, um, I haven't slept in past 8.30, which is really good news for me because One of the problems that I have is really severe insomnia and the medication that I'm on for my migraines actually helps with that and I've noticed a really big difference since increasing my medication two months ago. So A plus, this is great. I've been waking up without an alarm clock even and getting breakfast eating on the patio, enjoying the sun, even though the weather's not quite warm enough and I'm bundled up with two blankets and a cup of tea every morning, but I'm just trying to soak in whatever sun we can get, guys. Canada has had a long, dark winter and I'm doing my best to get it all in, okay? (laughs) Number three is I went to the dentist for the first time in too long of a time. I'm not even gonna tell you guys how long it was, It was an embarrassing long time, and don't be like me, don't do this, but it was a very productive visit. I have a very severe phobia of the dentist. I believe it started from, I I mean, I can't give you a specific time, like, the dentist is just horrible, (laughs) but... There was one particular time when I was a child when um, the dentist was filling a cavity and he thought he froze it enough and he didn't and I could feel things and it resulted in him getting kicked between the legs and it was not a very good time for him or for me and um, I got punished pretty badly and it was just, I mean, it hurt. And I needed him to know that, and it was a bad time. So, I mean, just 
that should give you an idea of my my liking of the dentist and the fact that I don't. <laughs> and um, being an adult and having the choice to go or not go and being someone who can make my own appointments now, I have not been making those appointments. And it's been uh, not great. Basically, um, I made the appointment, I went and got a checkup, and uh, I have a lot of dental work that needs to be done, sadly. So, while it's not exactly entirely positive, the positive thing is the new dentist I'm seeing is really nice and really understanding of the fact that I hate him. <laughs> and we're on the same page. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a negative, but it's a little bit of a positive. So, it's, it's okay, you know? It's okay. Um, so let me know what's going on in your week. I want to be involved in what's happening with you guys. So if you want to keep me involved and also know what's up with my week, let's be, you know, on the same page. Let me know what's going on. Let's, uh, share positive, enlightening, calming, exciting things with each other. Tweet me at Katie S. Speaks with the hashtag BeStillPlus to keep me in the loop with everything, and maybe I'll share some of those things next week on the podcast. This week, however, for the topic of choice, I really wanted to talk about something that has been a huge part of my life for the past month, and that is Anne of Green Gables. And I know this isn't appealing to everybody, but it's something that has been hugely important to me in my life for years. But this year, Anne of Green Gables got a reboot with CBC and Netflix, and I really wanted to I really wanted to talk about it because I've seen a lot of discussion around this, and I wanted to talk about both of the sides of that and how I felt about it, and also how I feel about Anne, and the story of her, and everything about just things that are beautiful and wonderful in that regard, because it's just something that has been on my mind, and now that everyone's talking about it, I feel like I can talk about it, because a lot of you guys don't realize Canadians have actually had access to this TV show for about a month and a half already, but it hasn't been released to Americans and everyone else in the world until just this past week. So I've been really holding it in and not sharing my opinions on it because I've been waiting for all of my friends to be able to watch it. So now that all of you have been able to binge watch it on Netflix, I'm going to put all my feelings out there. So yes, this podcast will be something that has spoilers in it. If you've watched any of the Anne of Green Gables movies or read the books, you will know about these storylines already, so you should already know about stuff like this that happens, but if you would like to not be spoiled, save this for when you have finished watching the series. But do come back and listen because I want to discuss this stuff with you guys. I want to I want to know what your opinions are because I'm so desperate to talk about it with people. Ugh, I've been holding it in for so long. Okay. All right. I think I've got myself under control. Let's begin slowly. <laughs> I'm going to start off 
with, talking about and in the sense of prose, because I like to start my podcasts off with a poem, as you guys know, but and as we know, is passionate about the written word and poetry and all of these things. And I thought to myself, I could read a poem that has been featured in the Anna Green Gables books, like The Lady of Shalott or any of the several wonderful little anecdotes that she goes on talking about. But I just thought I'd I'd read a quote of hers that was powerful to me and spoke to me. So here it goes. I think this, I think this quote is something that is going to open the doors to this conversation in a meaningful way so that we have something to start off with. It has always seemed to me, ever since early childhood, amid all the commonplaces of life, I was very near a kingdom of ideal beauty. Between it and me hung only a thin veil. I could never draw it quite aside, but sometimes a wind fluttered it, and I caught a glimpse of the enchanting realms beyond only a glimpse those glimpses have always made life worthwhile. I think it's the words like that that draw people into Anne and her story because so many of us identify with her story and those of us who do identify with Anne often are the ones who have experienced lives along the same difficult path. And I wanted to discuss that today because there are two groups of people who seem to be reviewing the new Anne reboot. There are the people who are very passionate and happy about the Anne reboot. And then there are people who are not. And these two camps seem to show me a very interesting reality about the Anne followers and lovers. And it's interesting to me because of all the people I know and of all the people that I've read critiquing the new Anne of Green Gables reboot. Almost all of them don't seem to admire the show in the same way as those of us who feel so connected to the character. And what I mean by that is, those of us who love the new reboot and identify with the new reboot identify with it because this reboot hasn't strayed away from the fact that Anne of Green Gables isn't a beautiful story 
about a young girl who is strong and independent and cheeky and fun-loving and outgoing and spunky. At least it's not just about that. The story of Anne isn't just about that. The story of Anne is about all of those things tied in with the fact that this girl is a girl who is a survivor. This girl is a fighter and someone who is conquering the things that life is putting her through, fighting through abuse and childhood trauma and being told that she is insignificant or being dramatic for feeling that those things are in fact trauma. That her despair and her cries for help and her reaching out for imaginary friends in her helplessness and her loneliness is just petty foolishness in the eyes of all the adults around her. That she's just a dramatic and foolish little girl. You know, one of the things that I admire about this new reboot is that they see Anne for who she is as a character, as a whole, as an entire being. I really admire Moira Beckett, who is the writer of the show. Because in the past, many people have created this show as a lighthearted and fun Hallmark-style movie or long-term television series. And that's fine. The story of Anne is supposed to relate to children, and that's, and that's great. But she's doing it in a way that highlights the stories that many children go through and did go through. But she does it in a way that humanizes their struggle and doesn't infantilize them. And that's something so important that doesn't get done enough because so many young people suffer through things like abuse and suffer through things like the invalidation of those struggles. Anne was literally forced into child labor as a young girl and put in situations that were horrible for her and just really traumatic growing up as an orphan at that time would be a very troubling experience to feel so unwanted and so unvalued to be tossed from home to home, not even to want to be adopted, but to just be nothing more than 
someone to be a babysitter and even then you're not even a babysitter you're just the staff and you're treated so horribly and then you're blamed for the death of the person that you live with and you're only 13 years old that's just one of the things that Anne dealt with and then to come to a place where you think you're being adopted by a nice family and then you're told that you're not wanted again and to be sent away again. And then later in the show, she deals with bullying and all of the struggles that come with being a young girl. (laughs) You know, Moira Beckett really highlights the realities of what it's like to be a young woman. And I really admired her for that. There's one episode where Anne gets her period. And it is hilarious. I could not stop laughing the entire time. But at the same time, sympathize with her so, so much because Anne is in complete hysterics. And she just doesn't know what to do. And we all know Anne's character. She's completely just out of her mind, dramatic, and doesn't know what to do. She thinks she's dying. And then when she finds out she's not dying and she's in fact becoming a woman, it's even worse for her because the idea of becoming a woman is so horrendous. (laughs) And... I think so many of us can identify with that feeling. And especially those of us who grew up in homes where we didn't have the parents who helped us learn those life experiences and didn't have that guidance. That was a very fun and not not necessarily fun, but a very um, validating and funny scene in the show and you know Anne gets herself into these predicaments in the television show that are just so they're just so real and raw and vulnerable and that was not something that was brought up in the other in the other renditions it just wasn't something that was there I took it upon myself to watch the 1985 version of Anne of Green Gables because I wanted to see what people were complaining about, what we wanted to hearken back to, what we missed, the nostalgia of the old show and movie because so many people I saw were like, were saying, oh, it's not like the old one. I wish that it was like the old one. And... There was even a New York Times article saying that Moira Beckett missed the mark completely, which I very much disagree with. So the other day, I decided to watch the 1985 version and discuss what happened and what was different about the two of them. So, just a little recap. In the 1985 version, it opens up with Anne wandering through a forest in the sunlight, reading Lady of Shalott, enamored by the words and in love. 
we get a glimpse of her adoration for the words of the book. We immediately see her stumbling into the abuse of her home with the Hammond family. And after his sudden, um, after Mr. Hammond's sudden death, the cruel Mrs. Hammond drops her at the orphanage and she is left to pretty much fend for herself until then she is adopted by Marilla and Matthew. And then the story continues from there. Now, visually, the 1985 version is very much what we know of when we think of a movie from 1985. It is very much what you think of when you think of any movie that would be produced by Hallmark. Now, I don't think this was produced by Hallmark. I'd have to go and check, but when you think of a cute Hallmark movie, something that's going to play on the Women's Network at 2 in the afternoon, this is it. You know, it's a nice movie, but it's a movie you're going to watch at 2 in the afternoon with your grandma after watching Wheel of Fortune reruns and eating cookies and tea. It's not a series and that's the thing that's I think that's the core difference here Anne Anne with an E produced by Moira Beckett is supposed to be a series it's supposed to be a long form television show that's supposed to run on for a long period of time this is something that is not supposed to be a movie it's not supposed to be quick. Now, when the 1985 film came out, I'm sure many people who watched it complained that certain things were left out of the books. Certain things didn't make the cut, and I'm sure many people were unhappy about that. And the difference here is that She's not including some things, but maybe she's also adding some things that maybe weren't in the books at all, but she's interpreting what would be there based on what she knows about the time period, and I think that it's perfectly okay. There's one scene that I'll get to that I think is an extension of her own imagination that I don't think was necessary based on the character. But like I said, we'll get there. Um, the thing about Anne is that the long-form method of using Netflix and having a, a series, it allows for so much more depth of character, which is something that we wouldn't have if it, if it was a movie. But it also allows for so much more depth of visual representation and just the series being so much more captivating and beautiful Oh, it's just, it's such a beautiful series. Oh my god. I, I don't even, you have to watch it. Even if you just mute it and you don't even want to hear what happens because you have a vendetta and you hate Moira Beckett and you hate everything about the series, just visually, it's a stunning, stunning show. When I think of Anne from Avonlea, I think of rolling green pastures against blue summer skies dotted with clouds and fields with dandelions and Queen Anne's lace. I think of the sea of shining waters and imagining a vast lake of glimmering silvery blue in the evening as fireflies dance along its edge. 
I think of brick red cliffs so well known to PEI and the hearts of every person who's ever stood against their edge, staring into the sea, dreaming of their future, regretting their past, anticipating, hoping, being vulnerable on the precipice of everything that is life. When I think of Anne of Green Gables, I think of a girl who gave a voice to those who thought dreaming, adventuring, and imagining, and speaking up was wrong or indecent. She taught young women through her mistakes and through her misadventures, the ways in which you become a young woman, yet at the same time, stay your own woman. Even in today's media, it isn't often we have a very outgoing, outspoken, and outlandish woman ultimately become the successful heroine of her own story without receiving backlash or molding in order to make them ultimately more palatable or pristine. Anne always reminds me of Anne, true to her values and convictions, and that's one of the reasons why I love this new show, because they haven't changed her, and they haven't changed Anne. They haven't molded her and recreated her as a character. They haven't made her more palatable. They haven't fixated her into a box. They haven't changed Anne to fit this new generation at all. Anne is still Anne. And it's beautiful. Everything about this show visually is still so much exactly what it should be. And it's so beautiful. So let's move on a little bit and talk about the specifics of the new series. Let's talk about characters. Let's talk about more of the tone and the actors and stuff like that. So I really love the casting. I think they did an excellent job. There's a couple people here and there that I'm like, "Mm, could have done something a little different, but Honestly, as a whole, I'm very impressed with what they managed to pull out of Canada, and I'm very proud and a little really excited to know that there's some amazing Canadian talent. Anne, in particular, is played by an amazing actress, and she's from Hamilton, Ontario, which is actually only about... 30 minutes from where I live, and I'm so impressed by her. She and the rest of the girls and young boys in the cast are amazing actors and actresses. They have really shown their talent and are really, really, really good at what they've they've just they've just shown to be really well trained and good little performers. I'm very impressed. Um Anne, in particular, was a very good choice. You know, Anne, in the last film, in the 1985 version, she was played by a young woman. Um, And they did that because it was a film and they had her age into a young woman, so that's why. But they also had her cast by someone who was relatively, um, like, attractive and this Anne is not unattractive by any means 
but she isn't pristine either. This Anne has um, crooked teeth, for example. She doesn't have perfect teeth perfected by braces, and that's something that's very, um, very good in my eyes. I think that's something that's very that sets her apart from the other Anns that I've seen on television. Another thing is um, the hair and makeup that they've done for her. They've done a really good job of me really drawing attention to the fact that she's skinny, and they've really done a good job of making her look that homely, um, skinny orphan girl. And I really like how they've also, throughout the process of her being adopted and being loved and cared for have shown as she's become more well-kept and more loved and more taken care of that her outward appearance, her hair, everything is starting to be more well-loved as well. And not that she's become better looking superficially, you know what I mean? It's just that, you know, her hair is less scraggly her hair is being kept in braids in a tidy manner and she looks like she's proud of the way her hair is kept and she looks like she is proud of her um the dresses that she wears although it's Anne and she's also vain as hell (laughs) and that's a problem of hers so I think that it's really funny to see her and Marilla and the dynamic that they have because Marilla is constantly keeping her in check Which leads me to the other character that I love so much, Marilla, who is played by another amazing actress. And um, Marilla is someone that they cast exceptionally well. And Marilla is one of those characters where if they got the wrong person, the show would have crumbled, and they know it. Marilla is an anchor for the Anne of Green Gables story, and she was excellent definitely a great choice. She has been a perfect addition to the Anne timeline. And this Marilla and her ability to not only be strong and stoic and cold, but also crumble into an emotional and heartfelt lover was beautiful to watch and just captivating just captivating the the two scenes in particular that I'm I'm inclined to mention are the scene in which she argues with Anne about her amethyst brooch and ultimately finds out that she's the one who misplaced it and um is desperate for Matthew to go retrieve her after she runs away and um, they need her back in their lives and they want to fully adopt Anne. That that, um, part in the Anne series was really beautiful to watch. It was horrible, but to see Marilla be so vulnerable in that moment was, was excellent. And also vulnerable in an interesting way because... Marilla is very much like the women in my family. Um, The women in my family are very cold and hard to read. And they're very much like Marilla. When, When something is wrong, you know it. 
But when something is good, you don't know it. Because cold and unapproachable is the standard. (laughs) But when something is very wrong and they're desperate for you to know that you are loved, they are cleaning the house relentlessly, awaiting your return so that you will see that you are loved abundantly by their actions. And it was just it was just beautiful to see. Um, the other scene that I really loved was when, um, which one was it? When Marilla was with Anne at the fire and she got to see Anne in her full heroic glory just being herself, unabashedly helping others. And she could see exactly who she adopted, who, who this brave young girl was, and just the pride that she had. And it was just beautiful. Yeah, the, the casting they had for those two is spot on and definitely makes the show. Um, the casting for Diana... I have to say is good, but I don't feel the passionate friendship between the two of them as dearly as I believe I need to. Um, With, there's something about Diana and Anne's friendship that is almost It's almost questionable whether or not it's just friendship. And I don't feel that while watching the show. And I know that um, maybe that's not something that they want to project, but I feel like that's something that many people have always felt when reading the books. And it's something that I was looking for when watching the show. Although in the Kindred Spirits episode, I did get a glimpse of it and I did appreciate the the love and the admiration and the adoration for each other. So I I think we might see a bit more of it in the next season, but we'll have to see. Gilbert is another character that I really love, and I really love how they've worked him into the series. Um, in the film, Gilbert is um, brief. I mean, he's not brief. He's a long-standing character, of course. But Gilbert's past is brief. We don't much know about his situation and his life and where he's coming from. And we don't really know much about Gilbert. We know that his father's sick and he is kept behind from school. And that's why he is even in school with them. But in the series, we know a lot about Gilbert because Gilbert's father is sick and he's taking care of him. And we actually get to go and see him as the viewers and it's actually very 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 good for us as the viewer to get that understanding of their character development and I think that was a really big asset to the show and I think that is I think that's another reason why the show is 
going to be so successful because they're really taking us deeper into the stories of all these characters. We really get to go deeper into the story of Marilla. We go deeper into the story of Gilbert. We go deeper into the story of Matthew and his lost love. All of these things are beautiful. So, I mean, ugh, I just don't understand why people don't like it. Ugh, I just, I don't get that. <laughs> oh, I'm biased, but maybe someone else can tell me why they disagree. There was one part out of the entire series that I definitely did not agree with and I didn't like. And I'll tell you why. Um, it is a spoiler, so I've been spoiling you this whole time, but this one is a big spoil. So if you haven't watched it, please don't listen to this. Go watch the show. I'm warning you, but I'm going to talk about it now. So, um, if you've watched Anne, if you've read the book, if you've done it, all of that stuff, you know that, um... Matthew Cuthbert dies, and he has a heart attack, and that's how he dies. Um, and it's at the very end, and it's very sad and horrible and heartbreaking, and that's the peak of Anne, and it's sad. But before I talk about that, um, I want to talk a bit about Matthew. Now, Matthew is many people's favorite character. And one of the reasons people love Matthew is because he is, he's the definition of optimism in the series of Anne. He is the, he is the, the crux of, of happiness. Matthew is the reason there's cheer. Matthew's the reason that there are snippets of positivity and hope and laughter and smiles. You know, without Matthew, things would be a lot rougher and sadder at in Avonlea. And Montgomery knew that. And that's why she created Matthew. I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I believe that's why Anne even came to Avonlea. Without Matthew, Anne would never have stayed. Without Matthew, Anne would never have her puff sleeves. <laughs> and he always was looking to give someone a little smile here and there. Matthew is the man who wants to give everyone a little smile. He is, his character is the reason there is that breath of fresh air. He's the, he's the, He's the uplifting source of positivity amidst the, the, the crushing tragedy of Anne's past and the wild, the wild winds of her current life and the uncertainty of her future. That is Matthew. So with the Anne with an E-series, when Moira Beckett took it to a very dark place and Matthew Cuthbert had his heart attack, but he did not die. 
he got very ill and had to be on bed rest to recover. And because of that, things went very poorly with the farm. And I won't go into very much details about it. Um, but ultimately, they were in a place financially where they would lose the farm. And the alternative was, um, in Matthew's eyes, they would be better without Matthew because his life insurance would pay for the farm and they would be better without him because of that. Um... And therefore, he thought, well, I better kill myself so that Marilla and Anne can be happy on the farm and they would be better without me. And I did this to them anyway and made them suffer, so I will do this for them. And I don't necessarily agree with that because she took a character that was so positive and so happy and so such a beacon of light in the series and really turned him into something dark. At, the, at least that's one way of looking at him. But, but I also find that there is a way of looking at this situation as being the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice that Matthew would give because it is Matthew and he's the sacrificial brother and father figure who would do anything for those he loved. And in his eyes, in that moment, that was what needed to be done. Now, I don't really agree with any of it, but in those times and in that moment, who could agree with any of it? So that was one episode where I was very conflicted and I didn't know how to feel. Out of the entire series, that was one where I was like, mm, not sure I'm on the same page as you, but overall... It was so well done and so beautiful that I have no complaints overall. And I think that my heart needs so much more. And if I could find a way to work with this series as a photographer to help document the series and help be a part of the team that creates the visual memories of what they do here oh that would be the dream oh my god everything they've done is so captivating right down to the food people like oh i follow their instagram and they posted that everything they make on set is handmade pastries and m fresh meals like oh you imagine working with this team oh the food the smell like everything must smell so divine while you work on set like everything just must smell so good and just the atmosphere overall working with this team must be so amazing I'm so envious so what do you guys think of Anne what are your thoughts on the new series in Canada it's just called Anne 
but I've been seeing so many people post it saying it's called Anne with an E. So what do you, what, what do you call it? I've just been calling it Anne because that's what it's been called. Another thing that's beautiful about it is the artwork. Oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. Anne begins abruptly with the scene of Matthew Cuthbert racing across the Eastern Canadian landscape on his horse. And then all at once it cuts off into the introduction song of Ahead by a Century by the Tragically Hip. And it has really beautiful visuals by um, the artist Brad Kunkel. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Kunkel. And it's just beautiful imagery, just stunning. And that's another thing I think is really just interesting is that they've used the Tragically Hip as the introduction music. You know, they could have gone with something just atmospheric and instrumental, but they chose a Canadian band that was current and modern to go with something from the past. And I just, I don't know, I just find it very interesting. And the song Ahead by a Century for Anne is just, ugh, spot on. Just You know, people have been criticizing Moira, but the woman has been, if I, if I were to do this series, she has been reading my mind, I gotta say, (laughs) like, I want to talk to her because I have some ideas. (laughs) Oh, it's just been so good. I, every, every single time I watch this show, I'm so moved and I don't usually cry when I watch television. Nothing usually moves me to that point, but every single time I've watched Anne, I'm just, ugh. It just moves me. The scenery, the music, everything about it is just emotional. It's just powerful. And Anne as a whole, her character is just divine. I love her. Ugh. She's just lovely. Before I leave, I want to finish by leaving you guys with a couple more words. There is one more quote from the series that I want to leave you with. And this one is about prayer. Now, not everyone prays, but this one is about Anne not praying. And I think we can all identify with this, even if you don't pray. She says, Why must people kneel down to pray? If I really wanted to pray, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd go out into a great big field all alone or in the deep, deep woods, and I'd look up into the big sky, up, 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 up into that lovely blue sky, as if it looks up there right back at me, as if there was no ends to its blueness, and I just feel its prayer. I feel the same every time that I go outside and it's a really beautiful day. And I don't know if it makes me passionate about prayer exactly, but it makes me feel something, that's for sure. So I'll leave you with that. But please tell me, what do you feel about the Anne series? Let me know. Send me tweets at Katie S. Speaks. 
keep me in the loop, and tell me all that you feel about the new series. I'll be posting this on my SoundCloud, and hopefully my iTunes will be up so that you can listen there as well, but we'll have to stay up to date on that. They haven't approved it yet, so keep me in the loop. Let me know what your feelings are on the new Anne series, and let's have a discussion. Also, make sure you let me know how you're feeling so next week I can feature you in the podcast. I'll see you next week, and talk to you later.